Welcome to the Freedom Challenge Online with host and director of the Freedom Challenge, Tracy Doherty. Our mission is to do good by helping enslaved women and children, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. Hi, Freedom Sisters, and welcome back to part two of a four-part series on perseverance in Peru. We are joined with my friend and our fellow Freedom Sister, Susan Howard. Susan Howard is the co-founder of the ministry Love Defined with her husband, Wayman. She's an international speaker, an author, a mother of four, and a grandmother of two. She's a dear friend of mine, and she has so much wisdom. Last time we were together, we talked a little bit about her journey in Peru, and we called it Perseverance in Peru, and we discussed about how important preparation was and how that really mattered to the whole journey that you took. So do you mind recapping a little bit about what were the high points for you before we dig into what we're going to talk about today? Totally. So um, good to be back, by the way. And... Yeah, when we talk about our capacity to persevere, one of the things that the Lord really showed me in our journey in Peru was that preparation matters. Reading my Bible to prepare myself for what's ahead is the same as, you know, opening up the internet and preparing myself for the climb in Machu Picchu. You know, I needed to understand what what was I about to face? What were the obstacles that I could expect? Things like that. Was it going to be difficult? What did other people say about their own journeys there? And I felt like it was so important to know that because it really gave me instruction on how to ready my body, my mind, and my heart. And the Bible does the same thing for us, right? It gives us what we need to understand about what we may face ahead and how we can be ready. Because it says in the scripture, those who persevere till the end will be saved. And it says, and we will receive the crown of life that he has promised us. And so I feel such an urgency uh, together with all of you to really understand and to continue to walk this journey to persevere well. It's so good. And we all learned so much from you as we reminisced about your experiences Mm. and laughed a little, laughed a little (laughs) bit and remembered some of the hysterical things and the difficult things. And one of the things that I recall was difficult for you was some of the physical aspects of the actual altitude. And as your friend, I know it was hard for me to see at times you with these horrendous migraines and headaches and watching you steadily draw upon the Lord to keep going. Because where are you going to go? Exactly. You're in the middle of the rainforest and there is no, I mean, I don't recall that we saw anyone except for ourselves and our our guides and a an occasional like Peruvian farmer, occasional barefoot with his mule. <laughs> yes, or working on the coca to- leaves. Exactly. So, uh, oh, those coca leaves. You know, I was yeah. a little concerned about. I know. I mean, those of you don't know, the coca leaves are a, are where cocaine comes from. <laughs> exactly. And although we did drink the coca leaf. It does not have whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, Tracy was very worried about that. <laughs> I know. I didn't want to come home a drug addict or something, but I was told there's no way that exactly. can happen. So, and we drank a lot of that tea. We did because exactly. it was all part of like the altitude experience. It is. It was. And the thing about the altitude is you really 
don't ever know how you're going to respond. Exactly. I, I know in your case, you know, you have been in altitude. You've been in Colorado. You've done snow skiing and hiking and other athletic things in altitude. But sometimes there's nothing you can do to actually prepare. Exactly. Even drinking the coca leaf. Exactly. So talk a little bit about how that was for you mentally and how you needed to really train your mind and how much what we think about matters. Yeah. So, yeah, this was another really powerful aspect of my journey with the Lord and his teaching me about perseverance while we were in Peru, because at times it felt difficult, but totally doable. And at other times, it literally was a minute by minute journey of keeping my mind renewed. And the reality is, is I've climbed before. Ultimately, the highest altitude we climbed was over 16,000 feet above sea level. And crazy. And the, I think it was like 16,3, something like that. But we slept at altitudes of over 13,000 feet. And I remember the first night that the Lord began to speak to me about this aspect of what we think about matters. You see, I, I know this. I mean, I teach the Bible for a living. <laughs> I tell people the importance of taking our thoughts captive unto obedience of Christ Jesus. But when you're in those moments, I think it's it's a unique discipline. And, you know, I want to take a second while we're talking about this, and I want to challenge anybody who's listening to really consider any pain or trial that you're in in your current life. And let this communication speak to your heart, because I think that the Lord really wants to do something in all of us as far as a strategy with his spirit to navigate the painful things in our lives. But I remember, you know, waking up one evening, it was the highest altitude that we had slept. It was just before bed, I started to feel a pretty intense headache. But slowly through the night in that altitude, it became a migraine. And for me, when I have migraines, it brings on all sorts of symptoms, motion sickness, uh, incredible nausea, just discomfort beyond what I can sometimes even articulate. Mm. And our guides were like, I highly encourage you not to take medication at this altitude. So <laughs> we, oh. it was really, yeah. really difficult. And I realized then the importance of being able to speak to myself not ignore that it was painful. I I couldn't ignore it if I wanted to, but the reality was as I was in pain, I remember saying to myself, where the Lord has called me, he's going to provide a way. I know that where the Lord has called me is going to provide a way. And in that, I was able to reach out beyond myself and ask mm. women for prayer. I mean, my beautiful tent mate, she prayed for me when I went to bed, but through the night, she was very concerned. And it was just such a beautiful journey, but it was a moment by moment reminder to myself. I kept saying, God's present and where he's called you, he's Mm. equipped you. And in that moment, I mean, there were moments in that night, I've got an excruciating headache. I'm in this body bag, sleeping bag. It's nearly 10 below zero. And I felt like I was crawling out of my skin because everything, I couldn't take a deep breath. My head hurt. And I remember anybody there can remember the zippers on the tents in the middle of the night. Oh, the zippers. Zip, 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 I don't want to have to leave out of my tent. It's going to wake the whole camp. But I, I had to get out and walk around and and just tell myself that the presence of God was with me and that 
Even though I was in pain right now, it didn't mean his presence wasn't with me and that he wasn't equipping me. And I realized at that moment that if we're truly going to persevere trial, what we think about is incredibly important. It's crucial for our capacity to either make it or not make it. That's so good. Yeah. And mind you, the zip zip in the middle of the night, but also raining. Yes. So, you know, like you're not wanting to zip out of the freezing and be outside in the rain. Because they tell you to be in your tent without tons of clothes on because it's warmer. Yep. But then what if you like, you know. Need to go outside and go to the restroom. (laughs) I have a memory of one of the nights. Maybe it was even that night where I could only get real shallow breaths. Yes. And it was something I had to say, you're okay, take deep breaths. It was hard to fall back asleep. And it really reminds me of our own lives. So many women, so many men, where that in the nighttime hour is where our minds start to try to work out fear or anxiety or uncertainties. And that was heavy. Just having to say, God is with me. I can breathe, take slow, shallow breaths. It's okay. And the mental part of that, not giving into it, but um, not allowing that panic to happen. And I just think so oftentimes, even in my own life, you know, you wake up with something heavy on your mind. That's right. You want to ruminate about it, fret about it, think into the future, think into the past. Totally. Instead of just really connecting to breathing and connecting to the Lord and allow him to renew your mind. So I can resonate with that so much. Yeah, there's something about fear in the night and anxiety. And I remember walking around that evening telling myself, what I don't want to do is worship fear. I don't want to give myself over to fear, even though right now it takes everything in me not to. But I felt like that was a very significant battle to fight and... Um, coming out on the other side was such a sense of gratefulness to the Lord Mm. that he had helped me navigate that battle. And I think many of us have battles in the night with fear or anxiety. You know, when you're in bed and you're feeling that fear, and at that time it was fear of breath and I was afraid to fall asleep. I didn't know what was going to happen to my body. It was feeling so terrible. And you're like, will I fall asleep and never breathe again? Because that's kind of how it feels at the moment. (laughs) And I think many of us can get to this point just with anxiety. And I remember going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk now because fear had locked my body down. Wow. And I thought, I want every cell of my body to connect back to the kingdom and his, the goodness of God. And I, I want to remind every part of myself that God is good and he's with me. And I thought, we have to do this in every area of our life where we encounter fear and anxiety and what we think about in those moments about who the father is really matters. In Romans 8, it says, who will separate you from the love of God? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? No. In all these things, in them, we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. So we're seeing in this scripture that we have to understand that the enemy We'll take every possible opportunity in our trouble, in our fears and anxiety, to try to come and convince us that we are unloved by God. Mm. 
that that we are outside, that this trial is evidence that he has stopped loving me, that he's no longer there, that I'm not equipped, that I don't have what I need. This is what the scripture is telling us. And we're being called back to is no, it's actually in there. When you put your mind on Christ, remind your heart that we're more than conquerors because of Christ Jesus and the work of his Holy Spirit within us. It's there. It's in it that we become more than conquerors. And it's not avoiding the trial. It's not avoiding or denying the fear. It's in it, bringing Christ into it and keeping our minds steadfast on him. That's beautiful. I love this. Who can separate us from Christ? That's right. No one. And that's what we fear is. That's right. That this is evidence that I'm separated from his love. That's right. I don't have what I need. Wow. Yeah. One thing I know, again, back to how much I admire how you live out, you know, what you learn. You know, you've told me stories as of late that there are times that you physically get up even now in your sleep. And you don't just lay and ruminate and fret, but you get up. Yes. And you work it out with God in this in this place of thinking. Yeah. Can you encourage us a little bit in that? Like, you know, let's say whoever's listening is sensing, you know, dread and fear and anxiety as they're laying down. You know, what is a practice that you do in your life? It began for me in Peru because I felt the very presence of fear. And I, the fact that I couldn't get a full breath, the more I thought about my uncomfortableness, the more uncomfortable it got, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Right? The more I focused on it, focused on it, I can't get a breath. It's like it creates this incredible anxiety. And I thought, I feel the very presence of fear. It had shackled my body. All of a sudden, I had the courage to say, absolutely not. And it's become literally some days a daily practice through really painful trials When I wake up in the night and I have the familiar sense of anxiety or fear to not sit there. And sometimes I would lay and go, I'm just going to pray about it. But actually that I had to engage my belief in God with my entire body. I had to engage. So I even today I will get up out of my bed and I will walk and remind myself of the goodnesses of God. And I, I remember hearing once somebody say to me, if you believe the lie, and you sit and ruminate in it, you empower the liar in wow. your life. And I think to myself, I am not going to do that. I am going to do whatever it takes. I will discipline myself to look at fear and say, no, I don't serve you. I picture David in the in the Psalms when it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. I see him like pointing to himself, saying in everything within me, bless his holy name. Like I command you to again remember who your Savior is. Take your eyes off the trouble and put it on the enormity of God's love and presence in your life. And then the things of earth, it says, grow strangely dim yeah, <laughs> in the light of his glory and who he is. And so that's what I do even now. I will get myself up. Now I will do it incredibly quickly because I've seen the freedom that happens when that fear breaks off yes. my body. And I will put worship in headphones. I will pace back and forth in the bathroom. I will open the word of God, but I will say to myself, I will not lay back down in my bed until I'm free of this, until Mm. what I'm living in is the truth of the goodness of God. That is wisdom, ladies. (laughs) 
I'm imagining you up in the night in your own home, but also in Machu Picchu with this scripture in your heart, Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So it's like, this is important. Yes. Fix your thoughts on what is true. That whole idea, fix your thoughts. That's right. On what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I can imagine you getting up and verbalizing this scripture. There's something powerful and not about just thinking. That's right. But about this engagement that you're talking about, about physically getting up, about opening your mouth and speaking praises. That's right. Fixing your thoughts on what is true, because as you said earlier, perseverance, what you think about really does matter. It matters. What we think about who God is, does he still love me in the middle of my trial? And this place of where I place my verbal agreement becomes empowered in my life. It's not that I deny what's wrong, but what I say above all of this circumstance, there is a truth that exists. And that there is a God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that loves me. And he never leaves me and he never forsakes me. And I live in that truth. And it says in 2 Corinthians that we need to destroy speculations and every lofty thing that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. So every lofty thing, every vain imagination, every what if, every terror that comes in the night or in the day, it, this is a very vigilant stand. It's saying we're destroying speculations, tearing down every stronghold. This is a very vigilant discipline in our lives to say that anything that comes to convince me that I am not loved by God, that he is not present with me to make me question the reality of his goodness in my life. Anything that does that, I need to tear it down and bring my thoughts back under obedience to Christ Jesus and his goodness and his love and realize that not only is he love, he's equipped me with his spirit in these times. Yeah. Yeah. And our default, you know, as image bearers, as we are made to connect and love God and receive his love and give it. So when we're apart from that default of love, the opposite is fear. So it really is beautiful when we can come back into the love of God and recognizing that we're not separated. We're not unattached from God's love, which creates fear. Exactly. There's a lot of mind work, a lot of mind discipline, and loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. So I have appreciated hearing about how you navigate fear and, you know, the renewing of your mind. Can you give us some more tools about how this plays out in your life? Absolutely. I think that... A scripture that has meant just so much to me is in Psalms 1, verses 2 and 3, where it says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. This man will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And this is, I mean, this is really powerful if you take it apart. And this has been something that I've allowed to really 
direct my life. First of all, it says, blessed is the man who delights. So this is a place where I invite the word of God. I delight in it. So we can delight in our troubles, right? By engaging them, constantly talking Mm. about them, constantly ruminating. This is a way that we're actually delighting in something. We give it all of our attention. It's saying, can you turn your heart and delight in my word? And it says, when you do that, when you delight yourself in the law, in the Lord and in his word, it says, meditate on it day and night. And I know this seems <laughs> grandiose as far as, oh my gosh, that overwhelms me. Like the thought of trying to meditate day and night. But I, I do think that the more we say yes to the word of God and Even in Machu Picchu, I remember writing a scripture on my forearm and just looking at it when I needed to meditate on the Lord day and night, meditate on the Lord and on his word day and night. And it says, because then all your ways will prosper. And this prospering is a heart that's free. Yes. Is what the scripture is talking about. And so for me, whether it be one scripture, one word that God has given me, I have tangibly carried it around and said, I'm going to meditate on this day and night because it says that those who do that are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf doesn't wither. That means this tree is fully alive, right? All around it could be you know, not flourishing, but it is always connected to its source of life. And this for me has been a powerful principle in my own life. And I use it, you know, when I cross situations where somebody, a person is troubling me Mm. and the Lord is saying, I would like you to invite me to give you my heart about this person. Don't ruminate. Don't delight in your offense. Don't delight in your anger and your sense of wanting to get revenge. But what I want you to do is delight in me because there is the place that your heart will prosper. And, And remember that we do not have a sound mind unless it's stayed secure in Jesus. And we don't want to make decisions about our circumstance unless we're in a place of a sound mind. We don't Mm. want to do that from our anxiety. We don't have the soundness to do that. And God is inviting us not only into his presence, but into his word to delight in those things day and night, to take our thoughts captive unto the obedience of the word of God. And in those places, invite him to, you know, give us the lens that we look at our circumstance through through the love of God. And I always, what, what I do regularly when I face trouble, mm. I will put on the lens of God's love and I'll say, because God is love and he is good. That's what I say every day when I look at my trouble. Because God is love and he is good. How could I look at this circumstance, Lord? Can you show me by your spirit what it's building in me? I'm not denying that it hurts. In fact, there's some things that hurt so bad I, I can hardly articulate it. But in it, when I say, because you're good and you are love, I see what you're doing in the midst of this trial. I see how you're present. I see that you're working good. And at any point in time, you're always doing good. And this is a place of drawing our hearts to meditate day and night on the truth of God's word and who he is. And it says, then we will be like those trees planted by our source of life. 
Because God is good and he is love. Yes. That is so, so good. So, so good. I'm imagining you on that day with that intense, you know, headache and, well, actually migraine. Was that the day you wrote scripture on your arm? I did. That's beautiful. Yeah. A tangible reminder of that he is good and he is love and he's with you. Because I don't think you just poof. Woke up and you were better. No. You the were first half of the next day. needing to walk through and persevere mm-hmm. and mind your mind and be reminded that God called you to be here. He's going to give you what you need. And keeping yourself from panic and terror and all of those things. Or resentment. Like, great, now I'm here and I'm feeling this way and will this ever end? And I'm going to tell you today, because I think it's really helpful when we're in the middle of a trial, That I remember saying to myself, if you are good and you are love, what are you doing right now? And I remember him saying, I am teaching you. I'm growing your capacity to stay connected to me when you're hurting. And I'm going to tell you today, a couple years later, that it's something that has changed my life. The capacity to stay connected to his love in the middle of trial is something I could never even tangibly put my words on how grateful I am that he's continued to teach me that very thing. Wow. That's enough for today. What we think about matters in our times of perseverance. Lessons from Peru from Susan (laughs) Howard. All of you listening here today will be back with Susan Howard. She's going to continue on her journey with us. And we're going to continue gleaning from what God showed her through perseverance in Peru. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge Online, brought to you by the Freedom Challenge, a ministry of Operation Mobilization USA. For more information about what we do and how you can partner with us, check out our website, thefreedomchallenge.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at the FCUSA.